0: This is Ash, and you're listening to the All Things Dentistry podcast, a place where we just kind of share the things that, uh, well, I share my daily stuff, practice, and things I learn along the way. So yesterday, today's Tuesday, so yesterday was a really cool day. Andrew and I saw a bunch of patients, and then I worked in the evening as well, so saw a couple there. Um, so first things up, uh, we had a follow-up from an external cervical invasive resorption. Patient and Andrew is a really interesting gentleman because he's 55 years old and his lower second molar he had this super over contoured crown for about 15 years and then recently he's becoming it's been be, being been cut uh, be bleh, be uh, becoming say it was becoming sensitive to flossing between this the uh, first molar and the second molar so it turns out no, not normally, but in this situation when your tooth is sensitive to flossing or the gingival area is you get a root canal surgical crown lengthening essentially half a t- quarter of your tooth is destroyed uh, From resorption so careful if you are flossing between your teeth You never know what might be lurking between them below those gums. So Karen of about our other dentists? Uh, Dr. Karen she removed uh, the crown because she saw it was over contoured and then when she, after she removed the crown, she saw that there was a huge cavern into which her explorer fell uh, in the mesial lingual of the tooth. So she's, she said referred him to uh, me for the endo and then actually to perio, um but the periodontist wasn't able to see him. So essentially, um, Angela and I tackled the endo and then it turned out pretty good. And then uh, a few days later, we tackled the surgical crown lengthening to, Remove the resorptive area, and actually, we have uh, some trichloroacetic acid. So the idea with uh, this is from Hithersay, I think he created the the idea to use trichloroacetic acid to burn out the ex- the resorptive area, the little fingers of tissue that are eating away at the tooth. So what's really interesting, and it happened again in this situation, is that as the body is rep- Resorbing the tooth bone seems to creep in like a like a snow drift almost you've got this fibrous tissue going into the tooth and then you've got um, Slow growth of bone and when I was prepping the crown it's really so after I'd removed the resorption uh, Most of the granulation tissue uh, you're just kind of like what is this especially doing a crown prep on it and it's bone the craziest thing because it's white literally like bone so uh, once we got our got a good crown margin after we uh, removed the resorption uh, the granulation tissue then we Burn it out with uh, trichlorocyclic acid, but it's very caustic and then uh, we saw him back for healing so we removed a couple sutures and Everything looks good. So we're gonna do a crown for him and he retires in a couple months. So that worked out well and then the second patient was uh, Michelle Michelle's really interesting because she actually was. She called in uh, emergency on Sunday, and Dan, the young dentist, uh, was on call. So I elected to just see this, uh, take the phone call because she had a she had a necrotic tooth, and she was talking, She complained about her chief complaint was she had this um, pimple on her palate. Like, okay, well, you know what? Let me talk to her. So I talked to her on Sunday. And really, what had happened was she's extremely terrified. First time I've ever heard that of the dentist. And as of yesterday, as of Saturday, she was having a lot of pain, and then she had this pimple on the inside of her palate. So every time she pressed on the pimple, she could feel it in her sinus. Like, okay, well, I haven't had that quite extent of a uh, lesion, necrotic, uh, you know, lesion of endodontic origin, but it's possible. Um, so, what we did was we saw her yesterday, and she was shaking as she was sitting in the chair, She's so terrified. And she actually, you know, and this has been my common finding, it's not, I'd say 50% of the time, it's due to some kind of crazy event that happened during the dental appointment, that uh, previous dental appointment that people are scared of the dentist, you know, like um, brand new dentist, I was one. Uh, Taking out wisdom teeth or something and it's going on and on and then patient feeling pain or pain during endo I was I've done that you know these crazy events and then people respond to them uh, not positively or It's got nothing to do with dentistry at all. It's got more with just lurking whether it's a situational disorder from some traumatic event or something so uh, in Michelle's case and Michelle is roughly around 50 years old, so she it had nothing to do with the dentist. It was some some, some event that uh, she just didn't like people touching her, and I was almost wondering if she was agoraphobia. You know, it's a big word. I got my big dictionary out a long time ago. It means uh, I think it means fear of social social places and people of people, or fear of people. But it wasn't so much that. She just did not. She liked. She didn't like the loss of control, which is another one that's like top three that I've heard. I don't like the loss of control, and most of us don't. Actually, I don't mind because Angela essentially controls the entire day in my hands. So, like, whatever, and my brain. So when I when I sit in that chair, my brain turns off and Angela controls it. So it's, I don't mind lost control. Uh, so we took a look, and that's if I can remember to put the thumbnail. That is what it is. So <clears throat> on her palate is this huge red lesion that measures probably about five by. 5 centimeters, uh, not 5 centimeters, like 2 centimeters by 2 centimeters, right in the midline, and uh, it's super red and fiery, and then she's got this sinus tract on the right side, so her, the tooth that's necrotic is tooth number 1-4, the first premolar, she's got a large carious lesion, I, and she hasn't been in for 5 years, so I don't even know why it's carious, her other restorations are fine, remarkably, uh, but this tooth has a... You know it's it's necrotic, and it's got an interesting enough. It's got a sinus tract, and of course I'm wondering if it <clears throat> is related to this palatal huge thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a pulpectomy, and then we're going to see if we're getting resolution on the palate, and if not, then we're going to refer her to a oral surgeon and get that evaluated. So the periapical radiograph that we took shows nothing other than a lesion, and of course. All things being Monday, our panoramic machine was broken. Um, We had a software update over the weekend, and of course that monkeys with that. So the next step I was gonna do was uh, send her for 3D imaging, but let's just see if we get any resolution after the pulpectomy first, and then we'll go from there. And then the next appointment was, let's think about this. Oh, a clarinet player, really cool. And I saw her. She just bought a $10,000 clarinet. It's crazy. Professional clarinet clarinetist, and uh, really cool. And we saw her about uh, a couple months ago for you know this, the fledgling symptoms of cracked tooth on her lower left. And sure enough, she's back yesterday, and it's biting pain. Pressure hurts when I eat. Like, well, I'm sorry to tell you, and we've warned her before, so. She knows she needs an endo on that uh, first first mandibular left molar and then she's got the same thing on her right side. So we're going to endo on one and then crown on her, uh, crown her number four, six because she's having the start of this problem on her right side. So we'll go down that road. And then uh, the next patient was, actually he was a very interesting gentleman. Um, older gentleman, he's a lawyer, we call him a Judge Advocate General Jag think and uh, I don't know his first name let's call him Jacques and uh, very nice man and he's been in for a very long time and we had to do an endo on tooth number two six so we sent him for 3d imaging <coughs> excuse me a uh, comb beam high resolution uh, like 80 80 voxels for tooth number two six max left second molar first molar and it was you know it's the cra- classic You know, I probably had a large restoration a long time ago. PFM crown, calcified down to right to the orifice. And you couldn't see a lesion. He had pain a while ago. uh, So we diagnosed it as necrotic. And we sent him for the comb beam. And I'll tell you, it made, that appointment went down in 40 minutes. It was unbelievable. MB2, everything. And having the comb beam, I wish I had one right next to me. We've made all the difference and Angela can attest to that she's like wow that went quick I'm like yeah I knew exactly where to find everything so I knew that MB I knew that the, the orifices <coughs> excuse me <coughs> it's cold season Ottawa Canada coughing had this for three weeks can't get rid of it uh so having those that co just I knew exactly where all the orifices were and then I knew that I'd have to look for MB2 because I knew it was there and beautiful having Uh, Dr. Tergeron read these um, reports and you know he's an expert in oral radiologist so he indicates whether there's an mb2 or not and I love it because all I got to do is read that take a look like okay yeah the expert has verified there is an mb2 I I can see for myself but it's nice to have his eyes on it as well Uh, and then that went down to 40 minutes pretty straightforward like really straightforward case compare that with the afternoon case which was not straightforward and we're retaining so that was cool and then the Martin was the afternoon tooth number one six large decay becoming symptomatic It's being retained uh, as a an abutment tooth large mesial decay but I'll tell you that MB root was ridiculous had both canals and they both join both MB one and MB two they both join but uh, not simple so we've finished that case put a post in it place an amalgam it's gonna have he's gonna have a, a crown on that and then use it as a uh, a RPD removal partial denture abutment, and he actually has a couple. My buddy Amir was trying to uh, engage his valplast, so the patient has a temporary valplast. Only in my institution do we do valplasts that are temporary. It's fairly expensive. Uh, but what he did was he was trying to hook with mechanical retention a couple of locator abutments, locator caps into the valplast, but they would not stick. Uh, so he still hasn't engaged the locator he's got two for this maxi partial denture and then we finished the endo so he's gonna try to hook it on that and then off we go so that situation went uh, great and then we rolled into the evening and I saw a 14 year old young lady who had a large lesion of endodontic origin or mandibular what was it it was tooth number four four uh, uh three four so it was mandibular left premolar pretty straightforward necrotic so she did awesome for a 14 year old girl um and then we had a the opposite side tooth number four five and nadia did great i did a root canal what's really neat is you do an endo on someone and you see them three back three years later they don't like it but i like it uh you take you can take a follow-up period like a radiograph and everyone everything's looking it's good. And what that does is it doesn't say, yeah, you're doing a great job. What it does is it says that for me, it says, okay, the principles that you're following are working. Uh, so, you know, just keep following, make sure the canals are cleaned, obturated to length and everyone's happy. So we did a simple to, actually the learning thing on this tooth and it was a three five as well was that just like Stephen Buchanan has taught, uh, in one of his videos long ago that I watched probably, 10 years ago, was on a mandibular uh, premolars. You got to access towards the non, he's, he uses these crazy terms like non-working cusp, like, okay, whatever the hell that means. So it's the lingual cusp. The pulp chamber is going to be more <clears throat> under that. Whoa, just stopping at a red light here, crazy. A, I'm stopping at a green light, traffic. Um, so you have to look more underneath that lingual cusp for that pulp chamber because I just about got burned last night because I went straight down the tooth straight down the long axis using the long axis of the tooth uh, during the access but actually did not angulate it more to the lingual so that is I looked at it and it was a huge pulp chamber once you got in it huge buccal lingual but it was really hiding underneath that lingual cusp well that is the biggest Secret that I learned yesterday of all of it was lingual because of the angulation of that tooth. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it, and I appreciate that you made it all the way to this point. And you know what? Have yourself a great day. Cheers.